Up For It with Courtney Ammenhauser. The best of the week. You're hanging out with me. My name's Courtney Ammenhauser. And I mentioned a little earlier in the show that two weeks ago, Nambe singer-songwriter Ruby Gill unleashed a really powerful track into the world. It's called You Should Do This For A Living. It's an absolutely brilliant track filled with poetic observations and lyrics that honestly would just stop you in your tracks. And this morning, I have Ruby Gill on the phone. Good morning to you, Ruby. Hello, Courtney. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you for joining me on the show this morning. And congratulations on another really beautiful release. Your song. Oh, it, thank you. Yeah, it, your songs always feel so deeply personal uh, whenever I'm tuning into them. And I wanted to ask you, have you always approached your songwriting in that way? Absolutely. I think I'm a very selfish um, songwriter. <laughs> I do it. Uh, definitely for myself first as a sort of way to process what's going on inside me or around me Uh, and I guess the magic of music is that somebody else sometimes gets to use those words to figure stuff out for themselves but it's definitely a tool that I you know use every day to get through my stuff Um, and I don't know especially in the last year because of being alone a lot of the time. I live alone and we've all been in, you know, some form of lockdown. It's become definitely like the most honest personal version of writing I've ever done because somebody's got to hear it and it's probably going to be, you know, my guitar or (laughs) piano. So, uh, yeah, that song's sort of come out of this new year of my life where I'm talking to myself in my house a lot. So everything's very... Very at the surface for me. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine, you know, having just your instruments to talk to, you can get pretty (laughs) honest. (laughs) Um, You moved to Australia about five years ago from South Africa. Can you tell me about uh, what spurred the decision to move? Yeah, I was, um, I, I guess I was pretty young and I wanted to go on an adventure and I was pretty obsessed with bird watching at the time and I'd uh, picked some countries that felt like they had really good bird lists uh, for me to tackle and Australia was on that list but at the same time I was playing um, I was touring a bit in South Africa and playing a lot of shows and I sort of felt like I was falling in love with doing it but I wasn't entirely sure where it would go in that space at that time Um, and Australia felt like a really beautiful place. A lot of my favorite musicians had come from here. I'd grown up listening to Missy Higgins and um, my mom had taken me to a Midnight Oil concert when she was pregnant with me. It's like part of, part of my <laughs> blood. <laughs> um, so Australia felt like a nice place to be. And I only came on a sort of, you know, temporary visa to begin with and just thought I would play some shows and have fun. But I stuck it out. I fell in love with with the country and the people here and uh, the music scene in Melbourne is incredible. I don't think I've ever been anywhere where you can just go or, well, I mean, we don't have it at the moment, obviously, which is sad, but when things were going hard, you could just walk down a street and watch, you know, six of the best shows you've ever seen all in one night. So I was very overwhelmed for a long time, (laughs) but uh, I fell in love with it. It's a beautiful space. Yeah, and I'm so interested, I mean, both about, you know, your music, but also this passion for bird watching, Ruby. <laughs> uh, what was it about um, birds that first fascinated you? Oh, 
my gosh, everything about <laughs> birds. I I don't know exactly why I picked that obsession, but uh, ever since being little, I was just always in my garden, you know, watching them through binoculars. My family loved them. I guess that was a um, a big driver. But as an adult, it's just become. I guess a a meditation, like a really beautiful way to connect with what's going on around me. Um, And also a map of my life. Like every time you write down a a bird species, you're you're capturing a place you were in and a moment that you were in and a sort of connection to nature and, and the earth around us. There's a really beautiful book I've just finished reading called Braiding Sweetgrass by an American indigenous biologist. And she has this quote, I wish I could remember it in, in full sentences, but I'll paraphrase. And it says something like, um, you cannot be lonely when you have a neighborhood of, of birds or something Aww. like that. And it's it's just been this like really beautiful way of feeling like the world is far more connected and full than our little bubbles. Oh. But it's also just an, a nerd thing. <laughs> <laughs> a little bird nerd. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been able to see those species that you came to Australia to observe? Yeah, I actually have seen some of the best birds of my life here. I've topped a lot of my bucket list, which is amazing. A couple of months ago, I was lucky to sneak out to Queensland before all the current uh, lockdowns happened. And I was in the the rainforest and saw a cassowary, just one cassowary walk like slowly in front of me across the path. And I (laughs) will remember that moment for the rest of my life. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. (laughs) Incredible. Well, we're going to take a listen to your song, You Should Do This For A Living, and come back and continue chatting to Ruby Gill. You're listening to Upper right now on FBI. Play us a song, girl. You've been looking mighty sad. Well, yes, sir, I guess there's just been this whole thing with my dad. It's come along, girl. Now, in that track, You Should Do This For A Living, there's that really beautiful moment where you're joined by a choir of other singers. Could you tell me about what it was like recording that? Yes, I can. It was the best day (laughs) ever. Um, I was very lucky that all my friends said yes. Those are sort of my, my closest songwriter friends in my five kilometer bubble in in Melden. Um, Angie McMahon, Hannah Blackburn, Hannah Cameron, Mimi Gilbert and Maple Glider, all of whom, you know, have sort of become part of that song in a bigger way. They were the sort of people who picked me up out of the experiences that I was singing about and it, it felt like a real strength to have them backing me up in the music as well. So I was very lucky that they all said yes, because they're obviously all incredible musicians in their own right. But having them in the room and singing together was just such a moving experience. Um, There were only sort of women and non-binary people involved in the making of the song. And it was one of the first times any of us had been in a studio session without, you know, men being the dominant presence in the room or the, or the, presence in power and it was so gentle and uh there was just so much space for us to be completely ourselves i feel like we all came in with our full personalities and problems and you know there wasn't a a sense that we needed to be anything more than what we were in the moment and 
I don't know if that was just luck or because of the, you know, environment we created, but it was just a very peaceful and moving session to be involved in. And they're obviously beautiful singers and it was amazing to just hear them repeat those words back to me. I felt I felt very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I love what you said there about them picking you up out of some of those situations and then quite literally backing you up in the song. That's such a nice yeah. moment. Yeah, it was really special. Uh, yeah. I heard that your dad used to sit you down on the porch and play you Missy Higgins <laughs> songs and really yeah. point them out and be like, now, Ruby, look, did you hear that? And emphasise the brilliance to you. Was there any particular lyrics that uh, you remember being particularly moved by? Of Missy Higgins? Yeah, or any of the tracks that your dad was playing you on the porch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. He was He's an obsessive music listener. But uh, I think the first Missy Higgins song that really got me was The Sound of White, um, where she's got all these beautiful analogies. Um, of, I guess it's about death and, and loss of someone. But um, I, I remember him playing me that song on repeat. And then I went and learned it on the piano. One of the first songs that sort of felt like I could sing in full and every time I sing it now my voice switches into the strongest Australian accent I've ever heard <laughs> come out of my mouth and I can't get away from it it's just ingrained in me it was just a strange thing that happened as a teenager but yeah that song wrecks me it's incredibly beautiful have you ever considered it uh weaving it into a live show no but good suggestion Courtney <laughs> Note that down. I'd actually, I would love to play that. I'll have to sort my accent up before I. I kind of want to hear that. I want to hear Ruby Gill go all Australiana. (laughs) Well, it's going to happen now. Hell yeah. Well, Ruby, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. It was really fun to talk to you. And thank you for your track. You should do this for a living. Certainly made me just pay attention. As soon as I heard that, I was like, wow, I'm wide awake right now. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Well, I am excited to hear Missy Higgins on stage one day and to hear that beautiful chorus back you up as well. Do I tell you all that's going wrong or just pretend I'm fine? I'm sorry for crying. So loud. And I'm sorry. This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. FBIRadio.com.